0: ID, everyone. Broadcasting from the banks of the Mekong River in Luang Prabang, this is Radio Akbap Tok, the podcast that crisscrosses the world, taking roads less traveled, to meet pioneers in the world of folk art, the change makers in travel and tourism, and innovators in remote communities. We delve into the minds of these custodians of culture. Radio Akbap Tok is a project of Akbap an artisan-run textile company in Luang Prabang. For 20 years, Okpapdok has been helping travelers to discover Laos through its textiles. Visit this pioneering social enterprises website to see how they empower women artisans. And now, if you're looking for inspiration and where to go on your next travels, you've come to the right place. All aboard, let's go. The Iron Man
1: thing is... is- is something that uh, is another coincidence. <laughs> but the, the the crazy thing is I don't even try the half Ironman and i just going to the full Ironman. Actually, it's also keep a, a, a big lesson for your life. I mean, I did that after my yacht race. Ironman is something that you have to re- really train. Uh, especially, I mean, the bicycle that I train here is very flat. But when I go to do the race in Zurich, uh, the landscape is like a lot of mountain. Yeah, mm-hmm. but in the end, I did it.
0: You just heard Inti Duansavan. He's the only person in Laos to have ever completed an Ironman race. This is a man who sailed from Australia to China with no prior experience. He and a team of running buddies ran the length of Laos to raise money for charity. That's over 1,500 kilometers of running across rugged country. His eyes are now set on Everest. Inti is a sustainable tourism entrepreneur. If you're coming to Laos, check out his company Green Discovery. He believes Lao culture and its natural landscape are the country's greatest assets. Of course many other people feel the same. But Inti is not like other people. To show you the real Laos, Inti goes to the country's most remote and unexpected regions. He's built tree houses and zip lines and strung net bridges through ancient karst forests. The idea is incredulous in of itself, and in a country with limited resources, engineers and materials, how do you even begin a project like that? Even convincing people around you that you can float across a 2,000-meter gorge from one karst outcrop to another on a net bridge and then actually doing it, that's pretty epic. In Laos, we all think of Inti as a visionary. He's helped progress the country's tourism and he's done it in a way that helps local communities and nature. Inti is an example of someone who leads with their passion for life and a sense of purpose to do good and he always leaves something better behind. So let's head to Bianchen and find out a little bit more about Inti. Sabahidi, so, Inti, welcome to Radio Okpop Talk. Um, yes. How are you today?
1: So, Very good. And you?
0: I'm good too, I'm good.
1: Yeah.
0: So Inti, we see you as an innovator, someone in your field who's doing things differently and shaping the world for the better. What does being innovative mean to you?
1: I don't know if I'm really an innovator, but I basically do what I like, and then I believe it's a, a big potential here in Laos. I, I love nature. I like adventure. And then, I mean, there's a lot of places in Laos to to, to explore. So that's how I begin.
0: Yeah, I think um, loving adventure and being passionate about nature definitely defines you, and one of the things I found really impressive was that you sailed from Australia to China and Laos is not, you know, has no oceans. There it's a landlocked country and I doubt many people have seen the ocean or even thought about going sailing. How did this idea come up and can you tell us a little bit about this trip?
1: For Lao people to do sailing I think it's such a, such a dream because the sailing is not even exist in Laos because as you say it is a landlock Uh, but I'm very interested in in river, I mean water activities and somehow uh, in 2007 it was a 40 year anniversary of ASEAN ASEAN celebrating many uh, things and one of the activities is uh, sailing, so they joined the club called Clipper Around the World Uh, so the ASEAN uh, both decide to take place from Fremantle, Australia, to Qingdao in China. So I was applied for that, of course, so representing Lao uh, with a few of the Lao athletes. So in the end, I was selected uh, to be representing Lao as one of the crew members from ASEAN country because the idea is to have each participant from the one of the ASEAN country to be on the yacht and, of course, we have to go training uh, for six weeks in month in UK before the race.
0: And what was that like? What was-
1: wow. I mean, it's, 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 it's the most adventure race in my life. It's very good story when you when you're talking about it, uh, when you tell your friend the history and so on. But doing the race is is very very tough because I mean it's a race. So basically, the skipper will tell you to work, changing the sails, uh, working to do our best to have the the yacht the yacht is moving fast to compete with the other uh, nine yacht because we are ten totally. So basically, we're working on the time. So we. We divide the time, I mean, uh, we have four hours watch uh, on the on the yacht. So that means every day you have to work. Uh, I mean, you have to wake up three times and go to bed three times. So every four hours watch, so you work and you rest, you work and you rest for 47 days. So it's, it's a very, very tough uh, things in ever in my life. Every day you're not seeing any land. Mm-hmm. Only the first day when you left, uh, Fremantle, and after that is pretty much ocean everywhere.
0: And did anything happen that you remember where you thought, okay, I'm not going to make it or
1: oh or yes, something? there are so many things you know it's just from a very very uh, hot, hot in uh, in West Australia. I think we started up with forty five degrees. Darwin, very slow. When we're coming up to Singapore, uh, start to get in from Singapore, we go upwind, uh, which is, of course, there's some storm in Taiwan. Today is very, very tough. It's very scary. I mean, you can't make a mistake.
0: Indy came of age right as the newly independent Lao nation was taking shape. His father was a poet for Pathet Lao, a nationalist movement that led the country to independence. After high school, Inti received a scholarship to study in the former Soviet Union. When the Berlin Wall fell, Inti came back home and tried to regroup. He sold cigarettes for Marlboro and ran a popular Lao noodle shop and barbecue restaurant on the banks of the Mekong. In the early 2000s, Laos opened its borders to tourism and tourists began to stream in and out of spots like Wanbiang and Luang Prabang. But Inti headed to Luang Nam Tha in Laos far north and launched the country's first eco-trekking program among the Akha communities. Over the years, Inti has been helpful in putting unexpected remote places on the map. And in doing so, he created an opportunity for tourism income to reach ethnic communities and village-based artisans. Next, we hear Inti describing how he went from studying in Russia to championing sustainable ecotourism.
1: Yeah, right after I come back from the former Soviet Union, because Mm -hmm. I supposed to study there for six years, but Mm -hmm. I only there for three years because of the change. I think people know at that time is during the pre-striker. I think I I was there during that time. Um,
0: The Berlin Wall came down. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh, So that time, I mean, I got a scholarship from the government and uh, And when the the service union was like break down, of course, most of the contract between the Laos and the service union was break down also. I mean, if I want to continue my study, I have to pay, which is mean, of course, I cannot able to do that. Uh, Me and most of the Laos students will come back. That time in Laos is also a very difficult time. Uh, You can adjust to stay doing nothing. So I decided to take a, a part-time job as a salesman in for Marlboro cigarette, basically, and I feel like the job because actually I I, I performing very good, and then I was working five years and also study uh, management in the evening. And, yeah, and after my uh, working with Marlboro, I think until nineteen ninety beginning of nineteen ninety eight. And it's the same time as uh, was uh, with the crisis, the ASEAN crisis. That time, the company that representing uh, Marlboro in Laos, Bancraft, and of course VIO uh, of uh, Job. And I was thinking if I want to continue to working for some another organization, or do something on my own. And and I thought maybe there's opportunity because that time also in ninety eight. Laos started opening up the country for tourism. Uh, and my house where I stay, it was like a very central location in Tao. It's the government's house. Uh, and, and I convinced uh, the the government to rent uh, that property. So I turned that house mm-hmm. to a restaurant. So, of yes. course, from salesman to open the restaurant, I, I think I, I can use some of my background, like, communication, uh, working with people uh, because the restaurant is also like a lot of things that you have to be on the service. So it's quite similar from what I was working as a salesman. I employed the, the chef and opened up a, a small restaurant, a another shop basically uh, because we start from a scratch and it's, it just uh, have a good result from the beginning. Uh, so it it, it turned into from another shop into like uh, a landmark of Vientiane in two years. Yeah, so I mean, uh, with my restaurant, uh, I start to meet with tourists and start to discuss communicating and, and, and learn why the tourists coming into Laos in uh, that time. So, so it, it turned my mind, okay, uh, myself, I like adventure. Uh, I like sport and a lot of tourists coming to Lada town. That's it because of nature, because of adventure. And, and that's how I stepped into a, a traveling business. Yeah, I mean, uh, right after I started working for tourism, I mean, when we're thinking of tourism, I started up with a kayaking company which is, of course, take quite a long time to explain to the government because at that the time we said we want to open a, a, an adventure tourism company. And, of course, the government said no. And adventure for them seems like a, a, a risky activities. So if something happens, mm-hmm. it can uh, damage the reputation of love. So we try to convince okay. the government, okay, it's very safe. And we started a very uh, easy kayaking trip up in the a place called Wang Wien, which is about two and a half hours from Vientiane, and after that, it was introduced by uh, some people up in, in Long Nam Tha, which is a very northern part of Laos. Uh, the place is more on the ethnic group uh, minorities and so on. So that area has been uh, supported by a project called ecotourism uh, that funded by New Zealand government and is managed by UNESCO. So I, has, I was learned about concept of an ecotourism. What does it mean to us? And I was very, very, I mean, uh, inspiring because I think it's the right thing for Laos because from what I have heard from tourists, mostly when they ask tourists why they come to Laos, there's a two answer. are uh, very common. That said, one is people, like friendly people. Mean is like a, a unique culture that we have here. And second is is a virgin nature. Is full of nature here in Lao. So by preserving that, I think ecotourism is very very important because we are talking about the nature-based tourism that involving the local people. So the local people can help uh, to preserve the environment local people taking a very, very important part because they are the ones who live close to the nature. So, I mean, uh, I start the company, put the concept of ecotourism since that. And of course, uh, from the company that providing the river activities, we also fire to, uh, because in different region of the country, a different strength that, 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 that you found different unique. Uh, like in the north is more on the uh, uh, I mean, a minority group or ethnic group. And when you're coming down to Long Prabang, it's more of a heritage, river. Uh, if you come to Wang Viang, of course, there's a lot of cars, limestone. And then if you further down south, like Kamon, uh, it's more like limestone cave and so on. And then further down south, Champasak is like a lot of waterfall and so on. So, mean, there's different activities that you can offer. So, as Met Green Discovery start to working with a lot of expert, there are some experts traveling to Laos. We start to have network with uh, some experts from Nepal, from Europe, from Japan, uh, for our team to start learning on what activities that we can provide here in Laos. So then, it of course coming up with caving, uh, coming up with a uh, uh, via ferrata, rock climbing, zip line, tree house. Uh, some canopy walk, uh, many many activities that uh, offer in a different country that we can introduce to Lao, and of course by doing that uh, we had to also create something that uh, that 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 can 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 be different uh, from Lao to the other, and uh, zip line with the coffee on the middle of the very very deep uh, waterfall is is one thing. Uh, that we're starting up, I mean, a lot of people said that the most expensive uh, espresso on the zip line, uh, and also the unforgettable memory that, that, that the people can uh, experience from that. And also the, the spider nest across the limestone that probably now the longest one in the world, we're still working on it, we're still check and we're still contacting the uh, Guinness Record uh, to, to, to come and, and, and put us in the map of the longest nest walk in the world. And even now, I mean, even we, we connect or set, setting up everything ourselves, but we invite the, the professional company from abroad to check the safety, everything to make sure there is international safety standard and so on.
0: Out in the field and in the jungles, things can get a bit challenging. The majority of Laos still live in the countryside, supporting themselves by farming and handicrafts. And the Lao government has limited resources to survey and manage the country's natural assets. INTI's ecotourism model is founded on enlisting local communities in protecting natural areas and on sharing the economic benefits of tourism. This type of partnership is a win-win, with positive outcomes for nature, for local communities, and for the country?
1: From the beginning, for what we have done, because we believe that it's going it, it to work. And when it works, it's only not, not only us who benefit. It's the local people around the area. Is the place has been mm-hmm. preserved, I mean, uh, as what we, 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 we thought. And it's it become a, I mean a signature of the country also for the attraction on, on the area. But in Laos, there's also other challenge that we have seen nowadays because I mean a lot of the attraction, I mean potential attraction, that also has been uh, disturbed from, from from other activities like sometimes it's like a slash and burn. Like I, I, I would say is like non-sustainable agriculture. Like a few places we have seen now in in, in the in the southern part of Laos, uh I was start to explore and I saw uh, like a beautiful lagoon or cave area. Now, of course it's a protected area, but but people still going in and start to uh, cutting the trees and uh, and turn into like a, a, a new plantation, like rubber and so on. And you know, I mean, for us it's, it's, uh, it's quite sad because you can create some nice activities that involving the local people that can benefit more than, than the rubber plantation can uh, can earn. And, and I, I think it's, it's more sustainable as well. So now I think we start to stepping into even a further area. It's not only for the... Uh, benefit of, of of the tourism business or the company uh, benefit, but is for all. We can preserve the area. We can turn something nice to the country, and and uh, in the same time, the local people there can 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 benefit.
0: To understand doing business in Laos, one must invariably step back and look at the ramifications of the secret war or the American war in the mid twentieth century. Laos was heavily bombed. In fact, it's the most heavily bombed nation in the world, leaving behind a culturally and ecologically scarred nation. When Laos gained independence in 1975, it slipped into a period of isolation, a self-imposed exile, if you will, with limited interaction with the outside world. While development stalled during this time, it was nonetheless useful in allowing the nation's 50 plus ethnic communities to restore a sense of normalcy to plant rice and weave in age-old ways, to allow the cultural fabric to knit itself back together. It wasn't an easy time. Let's hear from Inti how this period of Lao history shaped him and his family and his future. Tell me about growing up in Laos. What was it like when you were young, growing up in um, Vientiane? And and what were your hopes and dreams while you were growing
1: up? actually i'm not from vincian i'm originally was born in the place called huapan uh, province uh, so it's yes. the northeast of lao so huapan mm-hmm. is one of the two provinces in lao that had the most of the bomb has been dropping uh, from 1963 to ni- 1973 because it's a base of the uh, uh, area called patet lao it's a it's a base of the Communist Party that fight with the uh, the Central Lao government, which is supported by American. So I I think few people knows about Lao has war with America because it's a secret war. Yeah. So it's, I I was born in one of the province, uh, in the cave, the Sai, Sai Cave. cave yeah.
0: Which- Yes, which actually I've been to, and it's fascinating, right? Like, it's it's like uh, there's rooms for living. There's big halls where people ate. Um, I mean, it was like a whole town yeah, it in is, the yes. cave.
1: I, I left Bingsai uh, two years. Uh, I mean, when I was two. So back to, uh, to live with my dad, because he, he also based in Vietnam. as a journalist, he also worked in Vietnam, and I was moving to Chien in, in late 1995 uh, 1975 after the revolution. Mm-hmm. So of course, I was growing up with yes. the, uh, I mean government uh, I mean, employee families so mm-hmm. we has been taught in many things about how good is a is a communist mm-hmm. communism and so on from a school from a family so we basically a very big influence from this vietnam soviet union i thought when i grew up my dream was to be an architect but unfortunately when i got a scholarship for the soviet union there's no subject in that time. So I had to go for another thing, like statistic.
0: You know, I'm still thinking about you in the USSR, in the former Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. So, Inti, what was it like? Like, what did, you know, what was your day-to-day life like there? What did you eat? What was it like when the government fell?
1: Mm-hmm. Or, or the
0: Iron Curtain fell?
1: Yeah, actually, I mean, When I got the scholarship, I'm very, very excited. Some of my friend's brother who've been there before, they came back, you know, they look good. Mm -hmm. Because they've been to Russia, they they actually gained some weight. They're very fair because of uh, the weather. Mm -hmm. You know, I I mean, we all have the same idea. Very excited. We saw everything in the photo, in the movie. Uh, So now we're going to see uh the soviet union high high rise building, big road, you know uh, on very exciting snow and so on. I mean, when we arrived there, of course, I think it's it's so different because you know we were there in sometime about September. Mm-hmm. It's dark you know <laughs> it, uh, 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 it, it's not like completely dark, but you know even the daytime, it's very gray, very mm-hmm. cold. So, especially when you leave your family, right? And, and, and you feel very sad. I mean, the first few days when we arrive, uh, we just w- stay one night in Moscow, and second day we have to transfer to, uh, I, I, I was st- studying my first year in Armenia, so in mm-hmm. Erdogan. So we have to take three days train to to, to Erdogan. And the first day when we arrive, the food, you know, uh, is it, very different, of course. I'm so much addicted to, to, to my local food, you know. I, uh, but of course, I mean, in the time when we were in Laos, to have something like a, a, a bread is very special. And of course, when we went to Russia, it's different bread. The bread we had in Laos is like a, back, uh, a bucket. It's French. It's very nice. <laughs> but when we went to Russia, the bread is different. Uh, uh, it, it's not. It's very thick. Is is sometimes it's also a black bread, right? You know, it's sour and tastes strange. Uh, I still remember on the train when we when we travel and we have no idea the value of the ruble, the money, and we we just went straight out when the train stopped and we go for a bread, just buy like one ruble, and we get a lot of bread and you know the chicken, the whole chicken, <laughs> which is very not common for us in Laos, especially during my, my time when I stay in Laos, the time is quite poor. So sometime in the whole family, just two eggs, and then, you know, we have to eat, uh, we have to share among six people for, for like two of the boy eggs, and we have to eat, you know, uh, we have to put a lot of soy sauce and, 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 and try to have rice with soy sauce instead of egg. But when we went to the Soviet Union, it's a whole chicken when we were there at the very beginning because that time it started to change already the perestroika and we and we saw uh, the the suffering of the of the country like everything is is very very long line, you have to kill even you want to buy meat or bread or something it's it's very difficult when we were in Lao we were taught that okay how civilization of the Soviet Union and when we were there and we saw it's not it's not like what they said you know the the people who is is quite poor the country when the country changed so there start to be a lot of teeth I got robbed one time uh, on the taxi that time I mean the Russian people they they're crazy about I mean the gene from uh, American brand or, or anything brand name they Crazy about Adidas you know and 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 of course, for us, I mean that we from Lao I mean the the clothes we, we wear is is not even the original, but it <laughs> it, it sounds very valuable for for them we, you know when you travel alone you have to be careful because you you can be ending up naked uh, back to your <laughs> hostel. it happened. <laughs> A mutual mm-hmm.
0: friend of ours uh, told me that you've done a lot to open up Laos people's perception of traveling mm-hmm. in their own country. So, like local Lao people traveling yeah. in Laos,
1: Laos is full of nature, and Lao people we born from the nature. For nature, for us is, I, I mean, they have seen it since they they was growing up. And then it's 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 not not something valuable for them, you know. It's not it's exciting. Not it's, uh, they're dreaming to see yeah. the ocean. They're s- dreaming to see uh, snow. They're s- dreaming to see mm-hmm. a big shopping center or high-rising building. Uh, so that, that is more. People start to to appreciating uh, sport. I think running in Laos nowadays is... It's a. It's very. It's starting to be big. People start to do cycling, mm-hmm. running, trail run, uh, uh, and and yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, as me who also bought up director of the the Lao National Chamber of Commerce, uh, and we, we we starting up this campaign called uh, Lao Tiao Lao, which just mean a domestic travel like travel in Lao. Mm-hmm. Uh um, yes. and we start to introduce many many places in Lao, not only our activities, but is in uh, uh, around Lao itself uh, to introduce to Lao people to encourage Lao people to travel inside Lao uh, because now to travel abroad is is not possible. And it, and of course, I mean, uh, with the demand, uh, with with also the information we provide, and it just. It just worked from the beginning.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you strike me as a really positive person, Indy, and someone who sees obstacles as opportunities. You know, so that in the with COVID coming um, and the country being locked down, I mean, you really saw it as a way to to kind of turn back into Laos and encourage allow people, like you said, you know, to discover their own country. I think that's really incredible, too. Um, in all your adventures mm-hmm. and challenges, have there been moments where you've had self-doubt or se- second questioning where you just wondering, how am I going to do this? Or how am, how am I going to succeed?
1: Yeah, uh, of course. I mean, is uh, many times I feel down. Then I try to do something good and try to explain it to to people around you. Of course, there are some people understand and some people not. You know, uh, to overcome it. I mean, of course, I think we have to always to try do your best, try to give give out the information, try to convince. Uh, I think overall, I I I, I quite. Positive. i I quite thinking positive. And I, I know things can be solving out. Uh, it may take time, but I, I, I quite a positive person.
0: So there you have it. You know, before I recorded this episode, I had heard of Inti, but I had never met him. I can honestly say that I did not want my conversation with him to end. Inti has big hopes and dreams, and he has a big heart, and he's really fun to listen to. Of course, Inti's remote trekking and adventure ecotourism offerings have been a boon to international tourism, but he's also mobilized local Lao residents to travel within their own country. And in doing so, he's made Lao people proud of their country and their heritage. If you're coming to Laos or just need epic inspiration, please visit the Green Discovery website. The link is provided in the description of this episode. And now a quick reminder about our sponsor, Akpap Tok. Based in Luang Prabang, Okpap-tok has been working with village based artisans for nearly 20 years. When Inti was running his first kayaking trips to Luang Nam Tha, was also there working with the Tai Taidang, and Dam communities to help access markets for their textiles. Over the years, Okpaptok has helped the world recognize Lao weavers as master weavers. Check out Okpaptok's work and their master weaver collections in the link provided. And if you have any questions for me, please send me an email. Thank you for listening, and see you next time. soap bye